For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 175 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Holmes Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Taking a little laid-back approach this late Thursday evening. That's what we do now, late Thursday nights. A little change of pace. Changing so, it up, keeping it fresh. Us hip daddies. Who wants to fall in a rut? We're going to be taking you through this week's Star Wars news hearing from our lovely moisture farmers that's right we're gonna be hearing from you uh until then how about i give you guys some business you can like us on facebook at facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast you can follow us on twitter twitch and instagram at blue harvest pod you can email us at blue harvest podcast at gmail.com we have a patreon page and it's pretty awesome. Every Monday, you get special Patreon-exclusive Blue Harvest content from a variety of different shows. This week, two releases. That's right, we had two releases this week. We had episode one of the Star Wars Year by Podcast after show and episode two of Star Wars Year by Podcast with Mr. Estelle Saunders himself. Premium A-plus content right there, my guys. Uh, we are so very excited to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, where we are the something in a sea of something <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, that was good. The other something awesomes include, now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Targon's Top Shelf, and The Cargo Hold. And this has been NPR's Star Wars Minute. Here's some classical news and then a story about global warming. I think I could do all right on NPR if I really oh, wanted man, to. Oh man, you could be fine. That was so sultry and so mellow. I wish that I could have done some acapella Kenny G in the background. 
<laughs> uh, you know, because when he does when a man loves a woman, it just doesn't get any better than that. <coughs> oh, man. Oh. So, guys, thanks for tuning no, in. No, Michael week. Bolton is what I meant. Mike Kenny. Michael Bolton. Oh, okay. Um, We got one extra bit of business. Very important. Of course, remember to check out the Castle Toy Run. Still going on. You have until December 20th to get your presents for kids and needs into. If you need the information, check out the Castle Toy Run on Twitter. They're at the Castle Toy Run. Same thing on Instagram or search the Castle Toy Run on Facebook, and you can find all the information on how to donate uh, new Star Wars toys to kids in need this holiday season. And speaking of holiday season, guess what's coming out next week, either on the 19th or the 20th? That's right, the 2018 Blue Harvest Holiday Special. What? Yep, it's back. And Merry all, Christmas. All the proceeds from the sale of that holiday special will be directly donated to the Castle Toy Run so we can beef up those toys, get some more toys to kids in need. Uh, stay tuned to our social media when it goes live, and of course you'll be hearing about it more, but every <laughs> knock on wood, with just a little bit more work by yours truly, I can push this thing over the finish line in the next couple of days and have it out to you guys. It's been a massive amount of work, scheduling, recording, editing but i think i think it's really really good and i think you guys are in for a nice holiday treat and i think you really blew it out of the park there Hawes. yeah i can't wait to announce the full guest list i think it's pretty banging um there was a couple that couldn't we couldn't quite make it work uh under you know in the time limit so next year they'll be at a you know we're gonna keep trying to do this thing as long as you guys are interested in, in, in it and uh, are, um, you know, sort of helping out the Kessel Toy Run, then we're going to do it every year. Um, but anyways, how's your week been, buddy? It's been all right. Can't right complain. On. It's cold. Mm, oh, dude, did you guys get any snow today? No, no snow today. It was frigid, but no snow. I'll be damned. When I was a kid, so where you live, Tupelo now, right? It's about yeah. uh, an hour from where I grew up in Columbus. Yeah, it's right? about an hour north. <clears throat> and when I was a kid, you know, you would hope for snow days so you'd have a day off from school, right? And, you know, you might get lucky and get one a year if you're lucky. Sometimes you'd go like a couple of years without a snow day. But it seemed like any time that there was a chance that we would get uh, a snow day, Tupelo would get snow and Columbus wouldn't. Just yeah. that being a further hour north. Um, we got a little snow today. That's impressive. I mean, nothing to write home about. Granted, all it takes is like a little bit of like, a, you know, when you're salting some food from a salt shaker, like that amount of snow and typically everything shuts down in Birmingham. So I'm surprised it didn't today because uh, when I woke up this morning and was leaving to go to work, there was like snow on our car, just like a light dusting of snow. Some of the trees are kind of covered in snow. Yeah, I'm surprised things didn't shut down. They don't fuck around with snow here. No, they don't have anything to deal with it. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, it's been real cold. Uh, been uh, I'm a little out of it. I got a caffeine drink ready. Hopefully that'll perk me up. 
I had a long work day today, late night last night, uh, going to a, a rock show. We'll talk about that later. I think we might have an email about it, actually. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Ran into a buddy from the podcast. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Anyways, we've got a few things to talk about this week in the Star Wars world. I don't think we'll be uh, covering last week's Resistance episode just quite yet because Will hasn't had a chance to watch it. And I haven't had a chance to re-watch it. I like to watch them a couple of times because typically one of those viewings is while I'm working. So I like to watch it with as much attention devoted to it as possible. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, not necessarily 100% Star Wars related, but uh, definitely a subject and a person who was um, a big influence on me, and I'm sure Will would say the same thing, uh, comic legend Stanley passed away this week. Oh, I know. I was heartbroken when I heard it. Dude, me too, man. Like, uh, That's a guy that just loved doing what he did. Like, in, in the end of his life, it came to a big fruition, but, I mean, the man was the comics guy he, long before it was the coolest thing you could be. See, the thing is, is, like, Stan Lee was 95, right? I hope I'm lucky to make it to 95, you know? I mean, we should all be so lucky as right. to make and it. Right, and so you can't, you know, on one hand, you can't feel like he was a man who was robbed of any time on Earth. Right, like, and his wife's already dead. You know, right, I'm his sure wife. he was ready, ready to go on. And, and, and there was all her. that weird shit with people trying to take advantage of him and stuff in the last. Take his years. money and yeah, crazy was, kind of stuff. It was yeah, sad. Man, it was so. In a lot of ways, like you can't be like, like you can definitely be sad, and it's one like, it's one of those days that I knew was coming, probably sooner rather than later. He's an older guy, uh, you know. There had been. He had stopped going to cons and stuff, so, you know, he's he's slowing down and things, and then all this other stuff going on. You can just sort of see, like, you know, Stan's probably in the later part of his life, right? But even right. still, even knowing that did not stop me from being incredibly bummed about it, you know? Yeah. I just had a lot of respect for the man who, you know, dedicated his life to making kids like you know my childhood and my teenage years awesome by having such incredible you know american mythological literature you know it's really what it is something i didn't yeah it's modern myth you know what i'm saying it's our mythology you know um something i didn't even realize um you know i've seen all kinds of wonderful sort of tribute post to Stan Lee and sort of facts about Stan Lee going around the last few days, which is really cool, right? Did you know he didn't really break out, didn't make his mark until he was 39 years old? Yeah. You know, I like, knew it was late. I would, I, speaking of NPR, I listened to, you know, when they died, they ran like a big long interview they had done with him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew it was, you know, not he wasn't a kid when he created Spider Man or the Fantastic Four or anything yeah. like that. But the fact that he was thirty nine, like, you know, it just goes to show you get out there and do your thing, you know what I mean? Like 
try and to I make think your what mark. he really did Be well creative. was he, he knew his audience. He knew his audience, and he played to the audience. Like, you know, Marvel's heroes were, they had extreme emotions, and their costumes were bright and colorful, and mm-hmm. instead of arguing, they had brawls. They fought it out physically. You know, that's a lot of animation in comics. It's a lot of fun. In DC, you know, the guys are sitting around a table, in the Hall of Justice, having diplomatic conversation or so, you know, like yeah, and DC doesn't work like Marvel does. You know, they've both like both companies have taken inspiration from each other, you know, at different times. So right, and I don't like as much as I'm not a fan of the current sort of uh, cinematic path of DC stuff. Like, I can't take anything away from DC Comics as far as characters and creators and stuff like i don't know that they necessarily and and, you know this is something i could totally be wrong about but i don't know that they have necessarily anybody in the dc creative side that was as prolific as stan lee you know what i mean not yeah that's what i'm saying um and he had this knack for like speaking to people that didn't necessarily fit in you know what i mean a champion of diversity for sure absolutely um but like telling stories about how those who are different among us still belong right that's exactly what i was trying to say or you know can make a difference or you know using the thing that people would consider your flaw your flaw to do good in the world and like you know for me i grew up as a kid with a disability who i was the different one in my class you know what i mean and i you know i'm not trying to paint it like i went through some extreme amount of bullying as a kid because i didn't but it was definitely there and comics like the x-men as a kid i know for a fact i wasn't sitting there reading it going Oh, this speaks to me because they're different. Yeah, you're not thinking, oh, what if I'm an X-Man? But you're thinking, but get that. Somewhere on, yeah, like somewhere on the subconscious, that's absolutely why the X-Men spoke to me so much, you know, so well as as a young kid. And I don't know, man. I think that's real special. And I, uh, I have gotten a hell of a lot of entertainment and joy from the stories. Um, you know, involving the characters he created. Because to be completely, you know, 100% honest, when I got into reading comics, like Stan Lee was not necessarily writing anymore. Pretty much in retirement. Like... I mean, he was like, the, I think he was still the editor-in-chief of uh, Marvel at the time. But, you know, it didn't take long for me to then go back and... I wasn't necessarily picking up old issues because they were expensive as shit, but, you know, sort of doing my research and reading up on the Stan Lee era. And then later in life when, you know, I had the money to spend on graphic novel collections or things of that nature, like catching up on what he created. And as far as storylines of characters I was already familiar with, right? Right. And man, it's... It's a bummer. Like I said, one of those things you just had to know was going to happen sooner rather than later, but it doesn't soften the blow any. No. When our visionaries and our, you know, 
our role models and our mentors pass. It's never easy. And dude, like, you know, um, you know, we as Star Wars fans, we experienced that just a couple of years ago with Carrie Fisher passing. Um, that one was obviously more of a shock. And I mean, you know, like, um, you know, Harrison Ford, Billy D, and um, Mark, Mark Hamill getting any younger. George Lucas, saying. like, you know, this you is got just... some, you got some hurt coming your way. <laughs> oh my God, dude! All of those are gonna be extremely rough. You know, and you just hope you just hope they, uh, you know, they're they're uh, going to be able to get into like that Stanley ninety five years. Because th- if that's the case, then we got a little while left with those those cats. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, man, it's not a Harrison bummer. Ford. <laughs> Probably the oldest of all of them, if not Billy D. Williams. Yeah, I think Billy D is older than Harrison. I don't know but that. I think they're in the seventy eighties. Yeah, yeah, you know that's the thing. Like, part of getting older, like these people you look up to, they don't stick around. Just that's the way life. I'm gonna give myself a panic attack. You are. <laughs> you can hear it coming. I can. Yeah, I can feel it coming on. Mm. You're thinking about all of your childhood, uh, all your childhood heroes that are gonna be dying soon. And and not just that, then there's me. Who knows when that's going to... Oh, my God. Come on, robot bodies. Let me transfer my consciousness. I'll be robot halls. Come on, singularity. No, I never will. I know, man. I'll miss you. I'll, I'll be like, I sure, I sure wish Will would have transferred his uh, consciousness into a robot body. I'll wait for you on the other side whenever you decide to terminate your program. Maybe by that point i can uh like ai technology will be so advanced that i can just feed all the episodes of blue harvest into this big mainframe and it can recreate you in ai so we can still do the podcast and i can still sort of pretend i'm hanging out with you the akashic record i don't know what the fuck you just said yeah that's some it's some conspiracy theory oh my goodness somebody's been shit somebody's been up late watching youtube <laughs> no that's <coughs> oh, i think man. that's deep in the internet's bowels oh them internet bowels so um you want to talk some star wars indeed i do so there's um there's a little bit of in- interesting going ons in Star Wars this week, um, Variety came out this week with a story sort of saying that Pedro Pascal from Narcos and probably more notably Game of Thrones has been cast as the lead in The Mandalorian. Oh, that's cool. So, here's the deal, though. Uh, good, faithful listeners to Blue Harvest or other podcasts on the Blue Harvest Network, should already be familiar with that rumor because that shit was reported uh, over a month ago by making Star Wars. So, just another fucking feather in the cap of a making Star Wars confirmation. Um, f- the way the Variety article was uh, wor- worded, it didn't seem like it was a 100% done deal. Um, but that... It was in the negotiate. They it was narrowed down to him 
the offer was made and now it was sort of in the negotiation stages. So it sounds pretty much like it's a done deal. It's just paperwork and shit <clears throat> that needs to be taken care of before it's made official. Um, but that raises the question. Uh, so we know that the Mandalorian has been shooting for a little while now, maybe about a month. Um, and we saw that po that picture of the Mandalorian uh, from the Star Wars announcement. So, what does that mean? If he's not filming yet, if the deal isn't 100% done, and or if, if it, even if it is 100% done and it's just now being announced, what does that mean? Does that mean uh, they've been using like a stunt person in the costume on set? I would imagine so. I think that may be the most likely. Or could it be that he's playing another character besides the Mandalorian? Maybe the Mandalorian that we saw in the picture isn't the lead. Like, maybe there's another Mandalorian. Mm. Ooh. I had yet to consider that. Um one of the maybe that's of one of the two Mandalorians or one of the five Mandalorians. Yeah, it would it would seem awfully odd. The one thing I would say against that would be be odd to call the show The Mandalorian, right? Right. Which is very like sort of singular and focused on one, you know, character, the title. And then show a picture with the announcement and be like, "Oh, that guy we showed you, that ain't the main Mandalorian. That's his buddy." Davalorian. I mean, I get what you're saying, and that makes sense. And they wouldn't have brought back that Boba Fett prototype Christmas special rifle for the second guy. I mean, I get it. It's it just also to me, if you're going to make a show that's called The Mandalorian and mm -hmm. it's not about Boba Fett, that implies that there are many, at least two, if not more. Who knows how many Mandalorians out there? So this is the thing. With the whole Boba and Django thing, it's it gets murky because we grew up hearing, oh, Boba Fett's a Mandalorian. I have vivid memories of hearing, and this could have just been incorrect comic book store chatter or like, you know what I'm saying, like speculation at the least that Boba Fett was the last of the Mandalorians. Right. Um, clearly. That's not the case, as we've yeah, seen. Yeah, and that's—I grew up thinking that Boba Fett was the last of the Mandalorians as well. Yeah, and I just don't know where that came from. Yeah, was that maybe from uh, the that old Decipher card game, the Star Wars card game that had like the biography? It might have been because I took a lot of that as canon. So did I. I. I mean, a lot of my Star Wars information comes from the the biography blurb on the top of those cards. The trading card game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is that, I just don't know where I got that information from. I can't track it down to a singular source. It's like, I've talked about this before, like as a kid, I knew or assumed that there was a lightsaber crystal. There was a crystal inside the lightsaber that... But I can't remember how I knew that. Yeah, me neither. It's probably a visual dictionary or something. It could have even been that. You know, it's hard to say with all the Star Wars... Because my nerdy little butt was all over it. <clears throat> um... But what I was going to say, the weird thing is, is like Django and Boba Fett are not actually Mandalorians, right? 
That was for the longest time we were led to believe that, even in like Django what? Fett comic books after Attack of the Clones and stuff. But then, in what's the, the canon that makes them not Mandalorian? The Clone Wars. Like, so in the Clone Wars, it says that Django and Boba are not Mandalorian. Right. So this is the thing. Um, I'll give you the lineage of it. Like they start, you know, they start bringing in Death Watch, <laughs> and all those dudes, and then there's the episodes where. Obi-Wan goes to Mandalore and that guy Almec, I believe his name is like they the subject of Jango Fett comes up and he's like I'm paraphrasing here and he's like I don't know how he got a hold of that armor but he is not a Mandalorian he's not one mm-hmm. of us and then you know there was some debate going back and forth among sort of Star Wars fandom and even when I I talked to Sal one time our buddy Sal Perales to get a little clarification on it because you know clone wars is one of those things that i could definitely be more knowledgeable of i should probably watch it like really hardcore intense watch it through sometime just so i can like get my knowledge down tight on that but you know he was like well you know that all mac guy turned out to be kind of a dick bag so maybe he's lying or Maybe it's or maybe weird... he means he's not a Mandalorian, like in the spirit of a Mandal. Like right, there's I don't all know these... where he got that armor, but he's no Mandalorian. Like... Right, and like there was, there's all these ways people were kind of trying to explain, like maybe All Mac is just a douchebag and doesn't like Jango, so he doesn't consider blah blah blah. Well, recently there was a book that came out by Pablo Hildago called Scum and Villainy, that's sort of like you know a visual dictionary encyclopedia type thing about bounty hunters and shit right up my alley right well yeah it it flat out says in that that they're not really mandalorians so i think that's just canon that Django was a bounty hunter that got his hands on some mandalorian armor and boba followed suit right right so you know technically they wear mandalorian armor but they're not mandalorians that's one of those weird little george lucas wrinkles that he likes to throw in there you know what i mean uh yeah everyone thinks boba fett's a mandalorian surprise uh, they're not actually mandalorian yeah so you know uh, i still don't i don't want to put all my hopes on this but i still don't know that they would do a show called the mandalorian and at least at not at some point not address boba fett they're going to have to mention him in the exact same way. You know, he might come up in conversation and then brush him off in some bullshit way. Right. And see, this is another thing. Calling the show The Mandalorian, to me, that's very specific. Like, this is just not another dude with some with a lucky thrift store find of some Mandalorian armor. He's a, Yeah, this guy's from Mandalore. Descendant right. of Mandalore. Right. So, you know one of those weird little star wars wrinkles but to me it being in that scum and villainy book like backed up to me that means like that's where their head's at that's actually considered canon because like i said i know there was some debate about whether that was a true statement or if that guy was just like trying to hide information from obi-wan and a lot of different things but like i said like i've said before star wars a lot of times like if they tell you something, they're being pretty straight up about it, you know? Right. 
Like, just because we had that instance where an old guy told a kid, like, yeah, me and your dad used to hang out, and then my other student went evil and killed all my all the Jedi and your dad. Like, just because there was that one thing that we were told and then turned out not to be exactly true doesn't mean, like, Star Wars is always trying to do that to you. Yeah, Obi-Wan has this whole, from what I told you was true from a certain <laughs> point of view. Right. From a certain point of view. So then, um, like I said, Variety broke that story. Kind of old news. Um, we started uh, hearing another story pop up. I can't remember the source of this one, so sorry about that. Um, but this was another piece of casting information that Making Star Wars had um, you know, sort of put out there. I can't remember if... Jason mentioned it on the podcast or on the website, but it was brought up that he heard that perhaps Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed slash um, Dylan, right, in The Predator. Right. Um, also in Happy Gilmore. And the dude's been in a ton of stuff. Um, might be in the running for a role in The Mandalorian. And that story started popping up again this week. So... The likelihood of that looks pretty like it could be the case. So I Those think kick ass, dude. Dude, yeah. Carl Weathers and Star Wars. I'm pretty stoked about that. <laughs> um But yeah, uh that's looking more and more likely. I, I or didn't he have the two MP fives? Mm. Buddy, you would know be- that better than me. Like, it, what type of guns that dude had. Oh, I, you're not the gun guy. Yeah, I'm, I, I look at him, I'm like, aha, that's a machine gun. Aha, right. that's a pistol. I got you. I think he had two MP5s, the little submachine guns. Aha, that man has two machine guns. Look at him. Um. So, Pedro Pascal, Carl Weathers, that's two pretty big. Two pretty good casting. Heavy hitting. Yeah. And I, I honestly hook and a right haymaker. I honestly think that um with the the it seemed to be the frequency of stuff like this coming because that's not even the end of the casting that sort of came out this week. Um with all that stuff starting to come out, I think we're not far from maybe getting an official full cast list uh for the Mandalorian. Honestly. I wonder, like, <clears throat> the way, um, I wonder if what they've been shooting, you know, the, this first month or stuff has just been action-heavy stuff. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just interesting to me that these casting things are starting to come out now when the show's already been in production for about three or four weeks or whatever it's been. So... You know, how you film a show without a cast? Well, do you put people in costumes and get the action shit out of the way? Maybe. I don't know. I ain't a TV producer, man. <clears throat> but then finally, uh, Hollywood Reporter announced yesterday that they heard that Gina Carano was cast in The Mandalorian in a significant role. Are you familiar with Gina Carano? I don't, I'm not right off the top of my head. I don't believe I am. She was in Deadpool 
the first Deadpool movie, playing a character named Angel Dust. I don't believe they ever say that's her character's name in the movie. But she's like the bad guy's right-hand lady. She fights Colossus. Okay. She's she's one of the bad guys in Deadpool. She right. was in uh, a Fast and the Furious movie. Um, she had like uh, sort of like a... I don't know if it was like a spy or just like an action movie that was supposed to be like her like featured starring role. She was the main character and stuff. I can't, maybe it was called Haywire. Uh, and before that she was an MMA fighter. Okay. So that's, um, you know, she's apparently in the Mandalorian or in consideration for a role. Who the fuck knows? But Sounds like she might She's be. She's the memory. chick with the match in her mouth. Yes. In Deadpool. Yes, that's that's her in Deadpool. Like I said, I think her big sort of action set pieces in Deadpool is the fight with Colossus at the end, right? Right. Like um, below the helicarrier or whatever. So I don't know, man. This cast is starting to sound pretty cool. You know, there was also the. The rumor that uh, Jason posted that he heard John Leguizamo was up for a role. So, who knows? We could. I think, like I said, I think this is going to start coming fast and heavy. If not, like an official. I don't know. I really don't know if it's a thing. Like, I feel like maybe it wouldn't happen next week because next week is Thanksgiving. I don't know though. Like, do they take that kind of thing into? Account when they do full and uh, official announcements. I don't really know. I don't know the holiday. They think when it comes to holidays, I think they have strategic about releases. Yeah. To maximize profit. I don't know about information dissemination. So, um, interesting thing. You know, next week is Thanksgiving, which means next Friday is going to be Black Friday, which means we'll be officially. Four years out from that first Force Awakens teaser. Well. It does not feel like four years, right? The day Star Wars came back to life. <clears throat> oh, man. Do you remember seeing that? Oh, my God, dude. Of course I do. So, you know, I remember sort of leading up to it, hearing, oh, there's possibly going to be a star wars teaser released on black friday and then it was sort of confirmed and i have vague memories of like finishing up with family stuff i believe that year jesse's sister came into town for thanksgiving so we did thanksgiving in birmingham instead of columbus and the reason i say that is unless we came home that night I remember laying in bed at like 11.30 at night on Thanksgiving being like 30 minutes until the Star Wars trailer, right? And just like knowing it was going to hit right at midnight. And then midnight came, no Star Wars trailer. And I remember like staying up to like 12.30 and people online being like, it's, it's not going to come until the morning, like maybe 8 a.m. So I set an alarm, right? And then... um got up was refreshing the site and then of course it's getting slammed 
so like it took forever to load like oh man i have some vivid memories about actually finally getting to see it and you know at the end of the day we didn't get a ton out of it obviously it's a teaser trailer that's coming out over a year before the movie comes out but that first look at new star wars man that's something special right there it sticks with you <clears throat> oh man all right and what was crazy is we didn't even know character names and shit then, right? Like, oh, hell no. I, I kind of feel like character names didn't start coming out until after. And no, I know they did because I think early on in the podcast we were talking about character names and stuff. What was crazy was everybody's theory about how the movie was going to go. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember. So leading up to that first teaser release, I was lightly checking out spoilers but there wasn't a ton you know there was like i remember um the first thing i ever came across was a report on making star wars about how there was going to be this ball droid they called it a soccer ball droid um and this is well before the teaser and you know well before we knew bb8's designation or what he you know the final product would look like so when that popped up in the teaser i was like Holy shit, I think that's the, that, that's that soccer ball droid they're talking about. But besides stuff like that that turned out to be true, I remember reading some crazy shit, dude, about how what was going to happen in the movie. You know, so crazy that you know it's fake. And then right. other stuff where you're like, ooh, I don't know. Maybe that's not fake. Like, I remember one, I rem- remember telling you, like, I don't know if it's real, but there's this thing online that's saying... The plot of episode seven is that Luke Skywalker is guarding the tomb of an ancient Sith Lord. Do you remember that? I do. I do remember that. Yeah, that's that's one that I sort of remember. But yeah, who knows? That may have something to do with that dark place spot at the bottom of Octu. It might have, but would that somebody have even... might have learned about that and tried to extrapolate? Yeah, I don't know how likely that would be, though, because, like, I don't know that that concept would have been around in 2014, because you know that's in the Last Jedi, not the Force Awakens. But maybe that's it could true. have been. Maybe it could have been. Well, buddy. I was telling you before the show um, that we have a ton. Some correspondence. Yes. You guys have been amazing this week. Like, we recorded last Thursday, and when I woke up on Friday morning, we already had a ton of new emails and stuff. We're going to do our best. We're going to get through as many of these as possible. We should be able to tackle them, but just in case something goes wrong, long... If we don't get to them all, you know we will get to you guys. Like, no email left behind. We got you guys. So, um, before we jump into that, I think we need a little theme music. And I think that little theme music goes a little something like this. Right here. Now. G-R-D. Kia D, Kia D, Cockhead, the only Jedi Master who can crush box. Kia D, 
cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All right. So kicking off this uh this blue harvest moisture farmer segment i ain't getting back into that uh we got an email or a voicemail rather from our buddy king tom nostra thomas the king of all toms let's hear what he has to say hey Austin, will it's king tom so i'm sure you guys are talking about this whole uh cassian andor show and i'm very excited about it i could go on and on about what i want to see in the show but I, I had a question about it i wanted to ask you guys we really don't know um, outside of the fact that it's it's safe to say they're not r- sh- filming, shooting, recording it yet. But we don't know where they are with production of this, how much of it, you know, how long they've been working on it for, what they have written, what they don't have written. But um, supposedly everyone I'm, I'm seeing is saying that it's going to come out around the same time as The Mandalorian. And I think that's pretty amazing. I mean, two Star Wars shows at the same time, it's, it's going to be insane. But you know, I, I was thinking that if you look at it from what we know, unless they're going to make Cassian a young teenager, you could kind of say that the Cassian show and The Mandalorian are going to take place within 10 years of each other. Um, because I think The Mandalorian takes place three years after Return of the Jedi. Um, a New Hope was three years before Return of the Jedi. Um, so that that's a pretty cool timeline. What would you guys say? And... I, I, I'm trying to think of the best best way to put this, but if they had a, a character or a situation that was introduced, and by, by introduced, I don't mean like the character has to be introduced to be, could be a classic Star Wars character too, uh, character or situation that was introduced in one of these shows, and then the story was followed up in the other. Like if we saw, you know, the first half of what happened to a character in the Cassian Andor show, but then we didn't find out what happened to it until The Mandalorian. Um, do you think they'll do that? And it doesn't even have to be someone, you know, major, a major player. Obviously, we know Cassian won't be around. Um, but I don't know. I just think it would not that everything needs to be tied together. It doesn't all need to be part of, you know, it's, it's a part of the whole larger story. Um, but I just think it would be nice to have, you know, that, that shared space. But I, I would like the uh, Cassian show to take place on different planets, new planets. Mandalorian too. But anyway, that's just my crazy idea. I'm curious to know what you guys think. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for a great podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for calling in, King Tom, buddy. It's nice to hear from you. Um, so one thing I'd say is I don't I haven't heard anything about the Cassian series and the Mandalore airing at the same time the Mandalorian airing at the same time. Honestly, I don't know how likely that is. Um, because 
I kind of feel like they're going to try to stretch these original series out, meaning their release schedule, to maximize like the length of subscriptions from people. So like that's the same reason I don't feel like they're going to do like the Netflix binge model where they release all the episodes at once. Like I feel like um probably with all the 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 original series on Disney Plus you'll probably get an episode a week. Uh sort of the Hulu model with their original stuff. So but regardless of that if they really do take place within 10 years of each other, I do think it would be kind of neat if they found some situation or location or character to sort of cross over between the two. Um, How about Ahsoka Tano? Ahsoka could be cool because we know... Or Ezra Bridger. We know that Ahsoka was working for the Rebellion as Fulcrum, right? Right. Um, and we know she's around in the years after Return of the Jedi. Now, you know, we still don't know at what time her and Sabine left to go search out or search for Ezra, right? So that puts that at a question. I mean, I assume that's before A New Hope. No, no, that is after Return of the Jedi when her and Sabine leave. Really? Yes, that's that's established that it's sometime after Return of the Jedi. We just don't know exactly when. Is it right after the Battle of Endor? Is it after the Battle of Jakku? Is it two years, three years, five years? We don't know exactly when, but it is after Return of the Jedi. It is after the fall of the Empire. So, so they don't go looking for Ezra for years. Yeah, I, I think the implication is is for one, we don't know how long it takes. Ahsoka to get back from Malachor to like the rebellion and all those because like when after those fucking time gate shenanigans she's still on Malachor so she gets off there somehow or someone goes and picks her up or whatever <clears throat> but so we don't know how long that takes that could have taken her years it could have taken a couple of days and then I guess the implication is that Sabine and possibly Ahsoka are both like um, caught up in the battle against the Empire. So they had other things on their hands. It would kind of suck, dude. Like if if I was like, hey, man, <laughs> uh, I am off in some, I'm out in the middle of nowhere in Alabama with this dude. He's got blue skin and red eyes. All he wants to do is talk about other people's art and music and shit. You got to come find me. And you're like, well, I've got a couple of errands to go run. Um, they may take me three to five years. Is that cool? I'd be a little bummed. Yeah, and especially being like, I'm in Alabama. You wouldn't even tell me you were in North or South. You just be like, look, I'm on a highway in Alabama. Come get me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that is kind of, when you think about it, that's kind of what they're having to do. They don't know where the fuck he is. Yeah, they don't know. They're going looking for him. They have no clue where he's at. He's in the unknown regions. And they, yeah. That's the thing point. about them regions is that they're unknown. But yeah, I, I do think there would be a, a cool opportunity. Um, like I said, I don't think they'll be airing at the same time. But what I always liked um, in Buffy and Angel, I was always a more Buffy guy than an Angel guy, but they would do occasional things like... There's this uh, 
episode of Buffy where they find like this magic ring that vampires can wear that allows them to go out in the sunlight. And there's this whole battle of it. And at the end of the episode, Buffy sends Oz, Seth Green's character, to take that ring to Angel. And like if you watched the episode of Angel that week, what happens? Oz shows up in LA or wherever the hell they are with that ring, right? And I always right. thought that was kind of cool. And if they could do something like that, obviously that wouldn't be a one-to-one comparison because the series will take place years apart. But if they could do a little something like that, I think that'd be really cool. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. I just, if The Mandalorian is supposed to be coming out at the you know, sort of tail end of next year or, or sometime around that, and uh, it does not sound like Cassian is in production yet. So I don't know that it'll be ready on time. I kind of agree with King Tom. You know, having to connect everything could be a downfall. Mm-hmm. You know, not everything has to be connected. Yeah, that's why I say don't do it in any major way. You know what I'm saying? Don't have it be like a very special two-parter event. But like little things here and there. <laughs> the Mandalorian whatever crossover event. And you know, that's the thing like how do we know the character of the Mandalorian? Like, obviously, Cassian can't show up in the Mandalorian. He dies well before them. But who's to say? I the mean, Mandal- unless they pull some crazy shit that oh, they didn't die. They didn't all die. They. On- I'm. I'm telling you right now. I would. That would be real dumb if they did that. If they pulled a surprise retcon survival for Cassian and Jen or something like that. I mean, they did it with Boba Fett. Yeah, but it's a, it's a lot more nebulous what happened to Boba Fett. He fell into a pit. The, the Sarlacc and, pit, where you will learn the definition of pain as you're slowly digested over a thousand years. Right, but the fact that it takes a thousand years to to digest someone leaves you a little wiggle room where maybe a crafty dude like Boba Fett could get out of there. That's, That's a really slow digestion process. That's some weak stomach acid. Right. That feels like my metabolism. Like, I feel like I'm just now uh, gaining weight from cheesecake I ate four months ago. You know what I mean? Like, I am a human sarlacc pit. <clears throat> um, so, I can, you know, that's why I think that's a little different. It's You didn't see uh, Boba Fett get annihilated by the blast of a Death Star. And then they were like, he got that armor is real good, y'all. He floated around in space for a little while, but he's totally fine. Um, and plus, we still don't really know that Boba Fett survived. Maybe he didn't. Maybe in the eyes of Lucasfilm, he didn't. Um, but what I was going to say is, who's to say the Mandalorian couldn't show up in Cassian, though? That's a little more like it. Yeah, I think that's... That's a little more like what we're talking about. We see the Mandalorian, you know, 10 years before the events of the Mandalorian in the castle. They have some little tete-a-tete, and then they go their separate ways. Mm -hmm. I actually think that could be pretty neat. Pedro Pascal and fucking Diego Luna button heads for an episode of a TV show. Could be pretty cool. It'd be cool to have... You know, like the the Serenity, um, the Firefly Bounty Hunter episode is pretty good. The Bounty Hunter is just a little too crazy to, you know, to, he's like quite clearly a villain. 
Right, yeah. and it's it's one of those things where clearly they were going to have him come back. You know, if there had been more seasons of that show, that character would have shown up some more, I think. Right. And uh, they just didn't have the chance because the show got canceled. And what are you going to do? Bring him back for the movie? No, that doesn't make sense. Nah. All right. <clears throat> Next him right, <laughs> Next voicemail we have is from our buddy DeMarcus. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Haas and Will, it's Friday, baby. Woo! It is Friday, feeling good. About to get a little drink in my system. A little um, Korean barbecue buffet Ooh. tonight. I'm in a pretty good mood, guys. And um, it's even better because um, we're getting a Cassian Andor prequel series on the Disney Plus streaming service. Hello! That shit sounds amazing. Um... You know, the talk on Twitter is uh, getting some Emphis Ness in there. You know what? I'm down for a little Emphis Ness Cassian casserole. Oh, you see what I did there? Cassian casserole. I'll be here all week, folks. But no, seriously, um, that's amazing. I can't wait to um, see some Rogue One era Star Wars series action, you know? Man, it's like uh, Disney's like, you know what? We're going all in with this streaming service, and I am here to go all in with them. Uh, now, the only thing to make this even better is if we can get some news on uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Like, I am, oh, I just can't wait for that. That's, that is what I look forward to the most. Any inkling of anything about that game, I am here for. Because I'm much more of an action-adventure game player. Like, I, I never played first-person shooters. Battlefront's my first first-person shooter I've actually legit devoted time to being good at. And it's fun. I love it. But come on. Bring me back some open-world action-adventure Star Wars, please. And uh, thank you. But no, guys. Uh, so um, have you guys forgotten about Jedi Fallen Order? Are you still looking forward to it? And uh, what do you want to see in the Cassian series other than Emphis Nest? Because, uh, yeah, I think we all want to see a little Emphis, little Emphis, little Nest. You know what I mean? But, uh, hey, guys, um, just had to shout you, uh, hit, hit you guys up on a Friday. Uh, make your weekend a great one, Veterans Day weekend. So, uh, you know, salute all the veterans out there, all the veteran listeners. But, um, hey, I love listening to you guys every week. And uh, may the force be with you. Thanks, buddy. Um, I don't know if I have much more to offer on what I'd like to see in the Cassian series. Um, I don't know that I've had any new strikes. I think the Infus Nest was pretty on point. I think that could be real cool, man. Uh, you know, there's some precedent in the solo novel for Infus Nest meeting up with Saul Guerrera. And Jen is very young at the time. So she's mm-hmm. got connections with someone from the Rogue One cast. Um, I just don't see like why they wouldn't if they, you know, I, I feel like the opportunity is there for them to do that for sure. Indeed. And it's such a kick-ass character design and actress portraying the character. Like I don't see why they wouldn't want to use more of that. So I'm all about that. You think you could put Jimmy Schmidt in there? I. How did we go all last week episode 
with without me. talking about Jimmy Schmitz. <laughs> Jimmy Schmitz, man. Like we were talking all these characters uh, and we leave out Bell Organa. And it's one of those ones that to me is a no brainer. Would you, make perfect sense. You have to bring Jimmy Schmitz into it. Like that is one where I'll actually be like if Bail Organa doesn't show up in some capacity, I'll feel slighted because it makes too much sense to have Bail Organa show up. So yeah, Jimmy Schmitz is almost a shoe in, I'd have to guess. I'm not saying he's going to be in the whole series, but at least some sort of appearance. Has to, right? Old Bail. Old Bail. Um, or you think Wedge... You think Wedge or uh, Biggs? Biggs will show up. Wedge would be cool. Wedge would be cool. Obviously, recasting would have to be involved, but I'm okay with. I that. guess Biggs couldn't show up because that'd be only like what six months before A New Hope. Yeah. See, this is the thing. It depends. Wedge could, but Biggs couldn't. It depends on if the deleted scene from A New Hope is considered canon the deleted scene where Biggs meets up with Luke and he's like, I'm, I'm joining the rebellion. If that's the case, then he hasn't been in the rebellion long enough for him to be in the Cassian series. Right. Well, it's in the special editions, right? That deleted scene is in the special edition. No, not. No, no, they, they did add that extra bit of dialogue with Biggs and Luke before the battle of Yavin, but not the one on Tatooine where Biggs shows up in his cape and, um, oh no, going, not that one. That's yeah. not the one. I was talking the one where he talks with Rogue Leader in the right. in the hangar. That one's in the movie, right? Yes, it is. But you did you know that that the original scene is a little bit longer, and they do a really awkward cut in A New Hope because there's this scene where Rogue Leader, who, who not Rogue Leader, a Red Leader, says to Luke, "I flew with your dad." And if you're anything like him, you'll do all right. He says that. He does, yeah. And that's not in the special edition. The way they cut around it is they have like a a pilot walk in front of the group of them, and it just cuts to him going, you'll do all right. You'll do all right. So they sort of cover up that tiny bit of dialogue by having the guy walk in front of them. Um, As far as Jedi Fallen Order goes, I'm very excited about that. It's hard, like, I'm excited about the concept. It's hard to be super excited because we haven't seen anything yet. But if I had to guess, they'll probably follow a similar promotional schedule to Battlefront 2. So if I had to guess, we'll get our first look at that celebration next year. Because we got the first look at Battlefront 2 at Celebration in 2017. So probably a first trailer. At celebration then at E3 next year we'll start getting our first real looks at like gameplay and stuff and then you know it'll be out probably around this time next year so I am excited about that I like the developer respawn I enjoyed both Titanfall games um, and I'm excited to see what they do with Star Wars I just once again I'm not trying to get my hopes up too high for like the scope of this game you know, I'm, I'm expecting something more in the lines of maybe like the Force Unleashed, not in like story or over the top, but like um, gameplay time and sort of style of game almost, you know, 
action adventure, not full on RPG open world, right? Yeah. But maybe yeah. I could be surprised. We'll see. <clears throat> but it is exciting. It's going to be exciting to get like a more story focused single player experience out of Star Wars. Not that we didn't get that with the campaign in Battlefront, but we also didn't really get to play a Jedi for any extended time in Battlefront. And let's be honest, if you're going to play something in Star Wars, playing as a Jedi might be the most fun option. Or develop a character or progress a character in an open world. You know, playing the Red Dead Redemption makes me want a Star Wars game like that so damn bad. Me too, man. I want to pull, I want to quick draw my blaster, okay? I want to quick draw my blaster and just be like, pew, pew. Yeah, you know, I don't know how likely it is we get that. Only because Red Dead took eight years to make. And oh, I don't. I, I know we'll probably never get it, but. I don't know. I, I don't know that we can say never, but I just don't think under the current licensing deal with EA that you get that game because I don't know that any licensee that, you know, especially if they do continue to do this sort of one development studio gets the exclusive rights to Star Wars games and, you know, let's say they're given a 10-year time, are they going to want to spend eight of that 10 years developing a Star Wars open world game, or are they going to want to do... Well, here's the thing. If you only give it to one studio exclusively, you're going to have very few Star Wars games. Right. And That's if you're all why... about maximizing profitability, that doesn't. That sounds counterintuitive. Right. I, I'm hoping that things change once this deal with EA runs its course. Um, you know, I don't know the exact terms of that or how long it was. I thought I heard 10 years when it was first... Ten years, EA's got it. Yeah, but I, I, who knows when that started? Technically, like I don't know. Like I said, I don't know enough about the business side of that. I, it may have been for five years. If it was for five years, then, um, it might be over in like 2020. Their deal with EA, which means we'll probably get Jedi Fallen Order, and then a game in 2020. And then either they extend the contract with EA or they give it to someone else. Or what I hope they do is they do uh, sort of a case-by-case basis. like Sort of like they did in the old days where Lucasfilm made a lot of Star Wars games. But then other game companies came to them with pitches and were allowed to make Star Wars games. Like Bioware with Knights of the Old Republic. I would like to see them go more of a or that kind of route where they allow more than one just company to ha- hold the rights for Star Wars video games. That way we can get more, a variety of experiences, and then maybe if that's the case, you will get a company that's willing to take the risk on a, a prolonged de- development to make an incredible, like, detail-rich, deep Star Wars open-world experience. You know? Yeah. All right, we got a voicemail. One last voicemail, and then we'll get to emails. This one's from our buddy, Steve D. I wonder what he was up to last night. I might have seen a picture of him hanging out with somebody else we know. Let's check it out. Awesome. Well, Steve D here. How the hell are you? Uh... 
little tired, pardon me, but I just wrapped up the episodes uh, last week. Just wanted to uh, touch on a couple items. Um, uh, a clone of Palpatine? No. Um, a very surprising turn of events. Hawes is the president of the Raylo fan club now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Will, I don't know what your problem is, bro. Get on board. Raylo, baby. Yeah, I don't care either way. I just want a good story. Um, dude, this Cassie and Andor show. Let's talk about that for a second. A lot of, a lot of people online saying people got to tie into it. We want to see. Do we want Saw? Do we not want Saw? That was a good point. We've got a lot of Saw. I don't know if we need more Saw. But, dude, he's going to be on spy missions. He's going to be doing cool stuff for the Rebellion. Give me some original fulcrum action. Ahsoka Tano, baby! <laughs> That's our avenue to get Ahsoka live action. I believe. Personally, I believe. Um, also, the Mandalorian show. Uh, kind of confirmed that dude's doing the lead role, Pedro Pascal. And, uh, and in an interesting turn of events, Gina Carano, former MMA star, also being cast. No idea what she's going to do. Um, whatever she does, she's probably going to be whipping ass, which will be nice. Uh, dudes, keep up the good work. Amazing stuff every week. See ya! Well, that was our buddy Steve D basically giving cliff notes of everything we talked about so far this evening. Did yeah, you hear that? Right. Keeping everybody updated. Like he hit the casting news. He hit us talking about Ahsoka and Cassian. Um, he hit uh, uh, last week's episode. Like this dude. He hit your Raylo fascination. I wouldn't say it's a fascination. I'd say it's a keeping my mind, keeping options open it's a passing fancy a passing fancy like a cat fancy if you will oh man well i can't believe he didn't bring it up but last night i got a picture from our buddy calvin and he and steve were hanging out oh that sounds cool yeah man i literally had just gotten home from one of the best shows i've ever seen and instantly one text message picture from Calvin made me infinitely jealous. Two dude, cool, two cool buddies hanging out, man. I'm vamping. Sounds like a good time. I'm vamping because I'm trying to open up our our emails on my tablet because I read better from the tablet, as I discovered. <laughs> you don't want to read bad, huh? No, because, dude, uh, it's probably been about six months ago, and someone wrote a review for us on iTunes. Oh, I've read it. Where they said hearing me read was like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. I'm not joking. It fucking haunts me. Oh, my goodness. Every time it's time to read, like I feel like 
when you had to read in front of class in elementary school? <laughs> Halls, page 34. Fuck. First paragraph. Just hoping that, like, maybe the teacher would forget to call you this one day. Like, maybe you'll catch a fucking break. And then she would look up and be like, hmm, who have I not called on today? All right, here we go. Our first email comes from our buddy Utah Dougie. Just listen to the latest podcast. Disregard my last email about emperor clone theories because you all are podcasting geniuses and hit it right on. New question. I would really love some type of rogue type of fun male Jedi. Kind of like a mixture of Gimli and Indiana Jones. I would like to see him running around and kicking ass with a lightsaber and then getting into a cantina brawl. Maybe a slick type of Jedi that doesn't hold to the moral code of the the morals of the Jedi code. What do you think? Uh, Ooh, I like the idea of a Jedi trickster, like um, a thief with a heart of gold, like a a Jedi Robin Hood. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely feel like there's an opportunity to explore that kind of character. I feel like they kind of did that with Kanan, maybe more so in the the book than the show, but like, you know, I feel like Kanan's a fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I don't feel like he gets to be much of a Jedi. That's, you know, that's more of a product of the time period. You know, it's after the Jedi purge and stuff. Um, And also like, I don't know why, but like that description that he gave, Kind of reminds me of like Quinlan Voss from the comics. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. I know one body of ours that'd be real stoked if they did a Quinlan Voss show or not necessarily, you know, did something more with Quinlan yeah, Voss. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> um, Didn't Quinlan Voss and Ayla Sakura get it on? I don't know if they did in canon. He and, um, he and um, shit. Why can't I think of Asajj Asajj Ventress? Oh, maybe that's who I'm thinking. Of. I thought it in was the book. They, they might have in the comics, but those aren't considered canon anymore. As far as like canon, Quinlan Boss stuff. As far as I know, all we've got is his Clone Wars episode. You know, the mention of him in Revenge of the Sith, and then the Dark Disciple book that came out a couple of years ago, which is. Him and uh, Asajj. Like, that's where that whole thing... Is he a master? Is he a Jedi master? I believe so, yeah. Master Voss? Yes. Remember, they even call him Master Voss in Revenge of the Sith. Because that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, Master Voss is on Boss Pity or whatever. All right, next up, we got an email from our buddy James. Hey, Halls and Will. Okay, so I'm very excited to be taking my Boba Fett-loving son, Jackson to celebration in April. Seeing how expensive it is, even with it just being the two of us and only having a one-day ticket, this is essentially the bulk of what he's getting for Christmas outside of whatever Santa happens to bring. That said, he won't have a ton to open that morning, so I'm reaching out to you guys for your help. Since he's basically opening a piece of paper with the ticket confirmation, should I really make him work for it and do the box in a box in a box in a box wrapping method? Or do you guys have a creative way for him to find out he's going? Thanks for your help. You guys are certainly going to make working 
uh, 4 a.m. in 22-degree weather a little more bearable. James. Halls. My McRibs were delicious. Hope some find their way near you so you can partake in the heavenly meat slab slathered in barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Okay. So first off, I did get a McRib. And secondly, that shit was enjoy. That shit was glorious. I got two. They had a two McRib deal at McDonald's. Two McRibs. Ah, uh, the McRib. It was so good, dude. It Such was so a good. double-bladed sword. Oh, it, it, it tastes delicious but it turns into a double bladed sword later if you catch me i mean you know i grew up on not knowing what i was eating right you know like just just oh this tastes good just I'm whatever eat oh mcrib delicious love mcrib season mm, mcribs and then you grow up and you do a little inv- investigation and you learn what's in everything and you're like oh god a mcrib oh god i it does not like when i was pulling up to order that McRib, you know what did not cross my mind once? What's in that? Mm. I know what's in it. Some pork. Some pork and it's barbecue been, sauce. It's probably been 10 years or more since I've eaten a McRib, but the last time I ate one, I was like, those painted on grill marks are only on one side. <laughs> and that's what kept going through my head. Yeah. Mm. Man, I wonder if they still have McRib. Damn, it's fucking twelve thirty. McDonald's is probably closed, even if they did still have McDonald's. No, they McDonald's is like twenty four seven. Yeah, but you really run the dice going after a certain time. Like they're oh open. yeah, you don't want to order anything but like a cheeseburger. Yeah, and even that might be pushing it, depending on the staff and how squirrely they're feeling. Okay. Sorry, we're out of cheese, <laughs> dude. Dude, I trust me, I know. I used to go to McDonald's late night in Birmingham, and they would be out of the weirdest shit, you know. Okay, so we've had this, like, Jesse and I don't eat nearly as much fast food as we used to. Yeah. Mainly because of the diet. Like, there's not a whole lot of keto options at fast food, unless you want to get cheeseburgers and not eat the bun or something, right? Which is no fun. Like, no thank you. Um, But, especially back when she was serving when she was a waitress i'm not gonna lie we would probably have fast food like i don't know two times a week because it's easy it's easy it was on her way home it's easy they're open late she gets off late right and the amount of times she would go to say like burger king and would get her her order in and they'd be like oh we're sorry we don't have whopper meat like, at that point, do you even continue? <laughs> like, you just shut the bitch down. Right. You ain't got Whopper meat? I can't, t- like, oh, God. Or t- being cash only. You know, like. Uh, yeah. Now, that one I can feel a little bit for because that is essentially out of their hands. Well, like, I understand. But it's so frustrating. It is frustrating. I used all my cash at the bar. I'm on the way home from the bar. <laughs> I just want two McDonald's cheeseburgers. Just something to put in my stomach before I go to sleep. And you're like cash only. I don't. We don't have French fries. You know, not that I wanted French fries. So I'm like, what are you people doing? What are yeah. you doing? I don't get it. So, what do you think? Do you have a creative way, or do you think he should do the box and a box, and a box? Look, here, this is what I would do. The box and a box and a box is fun for you. That's not fun for them. But that's. I don't but that's sort of the point. Like, well, I mean, if that's what you want to do, do it. it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hurt anybody. But I would do something like. 
get him a little backpack or a little fanny pack or like, and you'd be like, okay, well, what's this for? Like, you're going to need it for when you go to, you know, when you go to celebration or get him a little disposable camera or something, you know, like some kit or some gear that he's going to need to take with him so that he can be excited about having that with him when he goes. Right on. See, that's, that's a pretty good idea. Like, yeah, uh, in some way make the wrapping or something. I don't know about fanny pack. I don't know if we're trying to bring fanny packs. I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting. I'm, <laughs> I was throwing out a list of items. Right, right. Uh, Get him a satchel bag. I, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to remember if I ever had the box and a box and a box trick pulled on me for Christmas. I did. It was only three times. It was a box and a box and a box. I remember... And it was for, like, socks. That was the bullshit. It was like, I mean, at least put something good in there. But it was the joke was that the bullshit gift was in a box and a box and a box. Oh, oh, you're so funny. So creative. (laughs) Um, I remember my dad doing it to my mom one time. He got her some sort of piece of jewelry. I can't remember if it was, like, a ring or earrings or a bracelet or a necklace. I can't remember exactly what it was. But my dad, he went fucking bananas with the box and a box and a oh, box God. concept, right? Because my dad likes to fuck with people. He likes to right. aggravate people. And He's dude, pesterer. This box was, no joke, the size of like a lazy boy recliner. Oh, a refrigerator box kind of thing. And he, you know, he wrapped every box... But like the final box, the big one, he got like, I don't know if it was chicken wire. Because chicken wire you think is like a grid, right? But it was well, like, like. It can be hexagonal. Right. It was that thickness though of wire and totally like this big spool. And I remember helping my dad put this monstrosity together and just laugh, thinking it was hilarious as a kid. <laughs> Used a whole spool and wrapped this shit in wire and then on Christmas morning, gave my mom a pair of wire cutters and was like, Psh, get to it. And what? Yeah, he like gave her. So she had to that use wire, wire cutters, cutters to get to cut open the, the first refrigerator layer. refrigerator box. Or it wasn't like it was a, it was definitely a square box. So like when I think refrigerator box, I think more rectangular. So. You just said the size of a recliner. I'm just thinking about a big-ass box. It was. It was a big-ass square box. Like, maybe a dishwasher box. Okay. Something like that, you know? Not as tall as a refrigerator box, but... But big. And, I like, it took forever. And, um... Oh, my mom was so mad. She's like, Richard! (laughs) This better be worth it! Was it diamonds or something? What was it? It was some piece of jewelry. I remember that. I was very young. Was it worth it for her? Did she say it was worth it? Uh, I think she's... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember her really liking it. I just... Like, my dad was laughing. And he'll... He's still, Cackling. To this day, he still thinks that story is real funny. Clapping. It'll come up this slapping. Christmas. It'll come up this Christmas. It'll be like, this one time I got your mom a ring for Christmas. And... And I'll be I'll like, put yep. it in a box. In a box. And I put that box in a box. And I wrapped it in wire. And then she had to use wire cutters to get into it. She had to use wire cutters. <laughs> Man. 
Richard Burkhart. It's like, I got you a gift, and then you swallow the key. You're like, but you got to wait a little while for it. <laughs> you got to dig through my turds. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to be pooping in the yard for the next week, so. I bought you this spaghetti strainer. <laughs> uh, hey, man. James. Box in a box in a box wrapped in wire and give him some wire cutters. Maybe steal the Richard Burkhardt idea. <laughs> or don't. Uh, it sounds real messy for Christmas morning. Okay. So next up, <laughs> we have an email from our buddy Chad. Hello there, Halls and Will. So we just got news about the Cassian live action show coming. More and more Star Wars. Good, damn good time to be alive. Question to you gentlemen. Do you think the Mandalorian and the Cassian show will be very similar to each other as far as look, pacing, storyline, similar how similar to how the Netflix shows feel very similar, or do you think each one will have its own distinct vibe? I think and hope that they will have their own feel and vibe depending on the story they are telling. Also, I would love to see Cassian have more dealings with the guy he casually shot in the back at the beginning of Rogue One. Anywho, keep up the good work, gents. What do you think, buddy? Oh. Yeah, the Cassian moral dilemma stuff. Uh, you know, I think because in Rogue One you, you introduce it, you know, that can't be the first time he had a moral quandary like that. I think that would be neat, though. <coughs> cool. Um, so, I think maybe similar to the Netflix Marvel shows, they will feel somewhat similar in like look and production value because the end of the day, this is, it's going to be a big budget for TV, but it's still going to be Star Wars on a budget. So I think in that way, there'll be some similarities, but I think tonally they'll be sort of different because in the release, Cassian was, uh, sort of described as like a a spy thriller, right? And yeah. I don't think they're going to go that route with The Mandalorian. So I think they're like tonally and storyline-wise, they'll probably be pretty different. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Cassian is a little more story-heavy. When you think about spy thriller story, you know, like there's twists and turns. and I don't know. I would think The Mandalorian would be more character development-driven. It could be. I mean, honestly, they... They're probably both going to be doing that, especially when you think about stretching out a Star Wars story over eight eight to ten hours versus, you know, two and a half hours. There's going to be, and, and not all eight of those hours are going to be jam-packed with action and special effects and stuff. So there's definitely going to be some, not in a bad way, but like slower character building moments for sure. <clears throat> all right. We got an email from our buddy Jim. So, I asked last week, what if Ray was in her 40s? You guys thought it was too complicated, but let me ask you this. Are Luke and Obi-Wan virgins? Uh, here's a fun theory that I came up with after The Force Awakens that's obviously impossible. When Finn was deleted, defeated by Kylo, he got a laser sword up the spine and a decent burn to his shoulder. I was hoping they would have to turn him part cyborg. Would you have liked that? Also, didn't he seem that he healed hella fast? Your peer, keeper of the real. 
Um, so are Obi Wan and Luke virgins? I don't think Obi Wan is. I think Obi Wan, um, and Satine had a thing going on. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I would think Luke's old enough to not be a virgin before he's a Jedi, at the very least. Oh, you think Luke got a uh, got lucky on Tatooine before he left with Obi Wan? I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. How old was he? Like 18? 18, 19, yeah. Likelihood is that, yeah, probably something something went down. Um, before he had to dedicate his life to the Rebellion, I would hope that... Yeah, plus there's a... A monastic order that would encourage him not to. I mean, I don't have any specific examples, but I don't know. I don't even know that, like, is that even something that would come up? Like, as far as... Uh, I didn't know if necessarily he would be a cyborg in episode eight, but I thought that they. Could... I thought, yeah, I thought there'd be some technological yeah. augmentation. I rem that was definitely a theory that we both talked about back in the day, and it just seemed that he'd have like Robo spine or something. And as far as um, as like healing fast goes, I don't know that he necessarily healed any faster than Luke did in the back to tank on on Hoth, like, Luke got attacked by a damn Yeti and then, like, froze his dick off in the, in, in, in the wastelands of Hoth, so, you know, Star Wars technology. It kind of seems like Luke spent an afternoon in the back to tank and Finn was at least a couple of days in that suit, so, I don't know that it was any, any faster than that. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's confusing to know how long Finn was in the bag suit. Is the thing? Yeah, we don't. Because it just it makes Luke seem like he wasn't in the back to tank long, but that's just because we see the scene of him getting out. There's no, you know, you have no idea. He could have been in there for two days. You know. That's true. That is true. It always used to make me uncomfortable. Like, I think it's because I'm so self conscious. Like how everybody's just standing around. Watching Luke and his fucking um, medical diaper in that back to tank, I was always like, "Man, that would make me uncomfortable." He's it makes me that. anxious because Mark Hamill said that he damn near died shooting it. So every time I see it, I'm like, "Somebody get him out of there! He's he's drowning! Get him out of there!" He's a national fucking treasure. You get that drowning young Mark Hamill out of there. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we got an email from Laura. This might be a first-time writer. Hey, Halls and Will. I've been listening to your podcast for a little over a year now, but this is my first time writing in. I enjoy your show, whether you're talking about raccoons and rock music or dig digging deep into Star Wars. Y'all are consistently positive without being saccharine. In a world where some people only seem to be happy when complaining, it's cool to listen to guys who want to focus their energy and time on air talking about what you like, not what they hate. One of your ra letters last week dug a bit into the ongoing question of Ray's parentage. The Star Wars databank confirms that Ray is human, so I'm pretty sure she is 19 or thereabouts in The Force Awakens. It would really eat up precious screen time trying to explain something more complicated. To go a bit further as what that means for the series, I think you are on to something with the relationship between Ray and Kylo. Kylo is the Skywalker of this generation. 
I suspect when the trilogy is complete that we will view him as a co-protagonist with Ray, kind of like a binary star system around which this trilogy revolves. Ryan Johnson describes them filming The Last Jedi as complicated enemies. Just as The Empire Strikes Back changed Luke and Vader from a knight and dragon to estranged family members with a single line, I am your father, The Last Jedi changed Rey and Kylo from a fairly simple antagonist relationship to something deeper, again, with a single line, you are not alone. I think this is great for our final installment. If Rey and Kylo duel, duel again, it will not only have the excitement of two characters who have probably improved their swordsmanship in the interim, but have emotional stakes as well as plot-driven ones. Familiar bonds are not the only kind that add emotional weight to a duel, but I think there is a good possibility that Kylo will have his prodigal son moment and actively seek atonement. In which case, we should we could also get more Ray and Kylo teaming up on the battlefield. The complicated relationship between these two characters sets up potential for both in the same movie, and that's pretty awesome. I want to reassure Will that while I personally think Ray and Kylo end up together, I don't think it's going to be the good girl enables the troubled guy she pities trope that he fears. George Lucas did this already with Anakin and Padme, and we know what a dumpster fire that was. Rey has already shown that she won't abandon her moral compass no matter how much compassion she feels. If it happens, it's because Kylo both reforms himself because of genuine remorse, not just the hope of winning the girl, and because Rey gets an offer that is acceptable. J.J. is a talented female filmmaker and Adam and Daisy are talented actors. I think they could sell it if they want to go this way. Thanks for your time. I always enjoy hearing your thoughts and speculation and just wanted to toss in my two cents. Best wishes, Laura in Texas. Hey, thanks for finally writing in, Laura. That's very nice of you. And uh, very well written, too. I don't feel like I, I butchered that email too much, iTunes reviewer. <laughs> it, it fucking haunts me i think she i mean i think she brings up some very good points it's um it's just, you know it's hard it's hard especially in this period when we literally know zero we know dick about episode nine at this point you know once we start seeing trailers and there's anthony bresnikan articles and you know, Vanity Fair spreads. I think, you know, the picture will become a little clearer on what's going on, and then we might know better. You know, not that all this stuff would necessarily be um, um, spelled out for us ahead of time, but a little clearer of a picture will come into frame. <clears throat> that actually reminded me, her email reminded me of something. Once again, our buddy Sal on this week's episode of Now This Is Podcasting, brought up an interesting sort of possible outcome of Kylo for Kylo that I didn't consider. Um, and I thought it sounded pretty neat and it made some sense. So, do you remember um, in the Tales of the Jedi series when all the good Jedi come together to cut Ulick Keldrama off from the Force? Like they can, yeah. they sever his connection from the force. They don't kill him. Yeah. They sever his connection to the force, and then he goes into exile, and then 
later, um, you know, sort of a new character shows up wanting to be trained as a Jedi by him. But he's like, yo, I've been, um, it's actually the last storyline in the Tales of the Jedi series. Um, and, you know, she has to convince him to help train her. Um, I kind of wonder if maybe they do something like that with Kylo. What if Ray figures out some way to disconnect him from the Force or, you know, that's sort of what happens to him. Ooh, that'd be cool. But, and think about it. You know, we had never seen that sort of thing in Star Wars. This is, this is, these are none of my thoughts. A hundred percent of this uh, credit goes to Sal because I had never thought of it, but now I can't stop thinking about it since I heard it today. Um, what what did Luke do in the the Last Jedi? He, cut, he severed himself from the force. right. So we know it's that doable. It's, it's doable now. We know you can Whether do it, it yourself. Can be, yeah, right. So I don't know, man. It makes me wonder if that could be sort of a possible outcome for Kylo, where he's severed. You know, his connection to the Force is severed, um, and that's part of you know how you sort of quote unquote defeat Kylo without killing him and also you know what if, basically take away his power right and what if you know he goes into exile after that and there i honestly if if you know there's got to be some sort of redemption and and an atonement for Kylo whether it's i mean there has to be at the bitter end he turns around and does the right thing Darth Vader style or if it's something brand new that we've never seen before. Like, you know, it's so wide open. We know nothing. So it's hard to say. <clears throat> All right. We got one last email for the night. And then, uh, I think that does it. This one is from our buddy, Josh, AKA Billy Bob. Hey, Halls and Will just met Halls Burkhart at a Coheed and Cambria show. And the dude is a true badass. Hope y'all have a good week and may the force be with you. Billy Bob. I don't know about the true badass part, but everything else is 100% correct. I did indeed run into our buddy Billy Bob at the Coheed and Cambria concert last night. How was it? Oh, dude, it was really... Okay, so um, we get there. I'm checking out the merch because you know I'm a fool for some tour, tour merch, right? Oh, yeah. And I can't get up to the merch table because there's like steps. It's like on this little elevated platform. So Jesse gets in line and I go back to our seats and then this guy's like, hey, are you Halls? And I was like, oh, this is Billy Bob that writes into the podcast. I knew immediately. And so, yeah, we chatted for a second. He was wearing a Boba Fett shirt, uh, one of the same Boba Fett shirts I own. So, you know, cool points immediately. Right. And then I also got to meet Caleb, uh, who is uh, friends with Billy Bob and also the damn ass Space Barbarian's cousin. Okay. Yeah, so I chatted with him for a bit. And then, dude, the show was so good. Oh, man. It has been years in the making, finally getting to see Coheed and Cambria. I've I've had, like, the year Jesse and I started dating was the last time they came to Birmingham. And we couldn't go because the day they were in town was her niece's birthday. Her Mm -hmm. 16th birthday. So, like, we're, we were like, shit, well, we're going to do the family thing. And then there was a couple of other 
sort of like they came to Atlanta, but it was part of a festival, and I didn't want that to be my first time. See- I've got this complicated relationship with ve- festivals. Like, <clears throat> if I'm going to see, especially if it's only one band I want to see, it's not worth it to me. They play a, a, a shorter set, et cetera, et cetera, right? Not right. my bag. I uh, used to love going to festivals, you know, when I was a younger kid, you know, but now not really my thing. So I finally got to see him last night and it was so good. I'm actually kind of surprised I'm not having a harder time talking today because after the show last night, I had no voice. Oh, wow. Sang along for fucking damn near two hours straight. Oh my God. I'm going to share something with you a little embarrassing. So. I took some video at the show last night, right? I thought you were about to say something else. (laughs) I took some meth. No, (laughs) no. I took some drugs at the show last night. I was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting story. No, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) That that would be sort of like out of left field if I was like, you know what I did at that Coheed and Cambria concert? I got fucked up. I took some MDMA. No. Not for me, man. Not for me. Um, maybe I had a special cookie or two, but you know, nothing crazy. All right. So I took a bunch of video, not a bunch, but I, I recorded a few songs, um, some of my personal favorites. But I was too into the show, so in most of the videos, you can hear me singing along. And one in particular, I sound real goofy. I'm gonna play this for you, okay? Yeah, you should put it on the uh, Twitter as well. It's on the Twitter already. Oh, no. I'm not. Af- I'm not afraid to make fun of myself every now and then. But listen to this, okay? Tell me if you can hear me. <laughs> of course, I can hear you. <laughs> Oh my god. I didn't take that into account while I was filming. Like maybe you shouldn't scream and, and sing along. Oh. I had it makes so for much good fun. videos. I had so much fun. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've been to a show. I feel like maybe the last one we went to was last year when we went to see the Foo Fighters. Um another one of my favorite bands. I bet that was a great show. It was. Um, did you ever get a chance to see a concert at Iron City while you were here? I caught the very end of a uh, Pink Floyd cover band uh, there one time. Man, Iron City is such a good venue. Like, it's like a good size. Another plus for me is they have an excellent placed handicap section like we had such a good view and the sound quality is real good man that's maybe my favorite place to see a concert in town iron city i've only been there once and i don't remember a lot well i think that does it for this week buddy thanks for the sliding schedules again i promise we'll get on a more normal schedule once i get this holiday special tackled and posted it has been taking up a lot of time signing off for these late night blue harvest casts yeah it's almost one in the morning 
talking about Star Wars and listening to goofy clips of me being too excited at a concert. Um, <coughs> uh, if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. And you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star iTunes review while you have a chance. Uh, really helps us out, and we really appreciate it if you've already done that. Um, otherwise, um, have a good weekend, guys. We'll catch you next week. And uh, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Wooden. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the force be with us.